Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Walsh. I want to talk some Nebraska basketball, Robin, as the Huskers, a lot going on. Isaiah Roby was drafted last week. First Husker drafted since 1998. 99. 99. That was uh, Vincent Hamilton. Vincent Hamilton, the 50th overall pick. You had Lou and Hamilton. Were they back-to-back Big yes. 12 Players of the Year oh, as well? Yeah. Well, Hamilton was, yeah. and I'm pretty sure Lou might have been that year before. I don't before. know if it was back-to-back. Anyway, but yeah, he was a first-rounder. He was 23rd overall. Vincent? No, uh, Tyron Lou. Tyron Lou. So it really puts in perspective somewhat the demise of Nebraska basketball the last 20 years. I, I mean, mean, that's unbelievable drought. I mean, <laughs> the NCAA tournament streak is obviously the most glaring black eye on the program, but then you take into account, I remember when I tweeted that, that Isaiah Roby snaps a, a two-decade uh, streak or drought of drafted Nebraska players, and people were like, are you serious? It's been 20 years? I'm like, yes. Yes, it's been 20 years since they've had a drafted player. And they had a pretty good run. And really, I think it's he's only like the fourth or fifth since like the late 80s. And so, I mean, it has been uh, sparse to and say the Hoiberg least. And had like, what, seven at Iowa State mm-hmm. alone? I mean, it was like some crazy number of guys that he put in the pros at Iowa State in yep. his time there. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is kind of par for the course for him. And you know, he really didn't have anything to do with Isaiah's uh, development or making uh, the NBA, but he's going to be able to benefit it. So this is a luxury that no coach since Danny Nee has been able to claim on the recruiting front of having a player that kids that they're recruiting actually know who the, who the guy is, that they played while they were still alive in college. And, uh, it, I mean, that's going to be invaluable because obviously you have Fred's uh, NBA connections, you know, as a player, coach, GM, and whatnot, uh, and his ability to produce, or his history of producing players at Iowa State. But now you have Nebraska. You have a Nebraska player in the NBA. And um, assuming Isaiah can eventually catch on um, to the actual Mavericks roster, uh, I mean, that's going to be a a resource that uh, is going to be so critical to Nebraska continuing to build uh, that kind of, that building block of talent that they've been um, already trying to do over the last two months. Did he go about where you thought or was he a little bit later than you thought a little bit later but not by not too much i think most people assumed it was going to be the 35 45 range and so it was on the very back end of, of the that. projection but what's interesting is uh, after they picked him or traded for him i should say uh the mavericks said that they graded isaiah as a high second round pick and seriously thought about taking him at 37th overall well they ended up drafting this european player who they eventually traded to the detroit pistons for the rights to get isaiah roby so um you know clearly the mavericks think very highly of him and think that he should have gone much earlier than when they got him and the fact that they were able to trade for him 
and get the player that they wanted originally and two future second round draft picks. You know, they're they're feeling you know very very good about their situation and what what they were able to accomplish. And now Isaiah, uh, the real question now is how quickly can he acclimate himself to the professional ranks? And um, you know, I mean, the NBA jump is as big as he's ever going to see in his life. Uh, and the G League is a grind mentally and physically. You're ba- it's essentially minor league baseball where you know, you're busting the games, playing and or staying in lower end hotels uh and playing in front of you know a handful of thousand people uh so it's going to be a big shift on and off the court from what he was used to at nebraska and how well he's able to handle that i think will ultimately dictate how quickly he has a chance to make that jump to the mavericks roster than anything else you're listening here to the husker online show sean callahan robin washhead as we talk some nebraska basketball now let's talk about the italy trip i mean this is coming up here in about a month um and it's becoming more real by the day that they're going to have to put a team together of guys and play some games in Italy. And, you know, this is going to be huge, Robin, for the program. And, and they put out the early schedule. They're going to play four games in Italy? Yeah, four games. Uh, four games over the span of four cities. And so uh, they are going to leave Lincoln on August 3rd uh, and then get to Italy and then have a day just to kind of get the jet lag out from under them, do some sightseeing, uh, maybe do a little bit of a workout. And then Monday, August 5th, they're going to play their first game against uh, I'm not, I'm not even gonna pronounce these these schools' names because Stella Azura Academy <laughs> in Rome. Uh, and that game will be. Uh, I bet your dad's been to Italy. We could have him pronounce these words. I've been to Italy twice, and I still can't pronounce it. <laughs> uh, anyway, that game is going to be at 11:30 a.m. local time, and then they play again on Wednesday, August 7th, Thursday, August 8th, and Monday, August 12th. And they're going to go from Rome to Florence and then to uh, Como. Uh, and so, I mean, they're going to see basically uh, some of the best sites in the country while also getting some some actual competition that is going to be so valuable for this team not only just playing games but being in a different country with a group of guys that don't know each other uh, i mean talk about really expediting that whole um, gelling meshing process of the locker room uh, this is about as good of an opportunity as you could possibly ask for and a lot of the games are going to be around the lunch hour right local yeah, local 11 30 a.m 1 p.m 11 a.m and noon are the are the four games and Right now, I checked in um, on Monday when the schedule was announced, and they don't know if they're going to be able to stream, stream. those games at all. I know last or last time they went to Spain in 2015, they did it over Periscope, and it was a really <laughs> questionable. People don't even feed. really use. Do people use Periscope I think, anymore? I think it was bought out, and I don't. Well, Twitter, Twitter Live yeah. was, but like so, you don't even see Twitter Live used like it used to I be. I think it's just going to come down to: Are they going to have a Wi-Fi connection strong capable enough, capable to stream and make make it a good enough stream to where it actually works? And so I think that that's they're going to try it, but I don't know how well it's going to work. So uh, the good news is this: the Husker Sports Network. Uh, obviously the Nebraska radio affiliate is going to travel with them. And so they're going to broadcast games, I think, and they're going to do like in- interviews along the way. So uh, they're going to have great coverage there. So ben McLaughlin's going, right? Yeah, do we yeah. know if Jake gets to go, Jake Mielweisen? I don't know. He was trying, he was pushing for himself to tag along. On, Cause he on was going to go when miles was the coach, Jake told me he was in and he didn't know the situation yeah. and Kent right now is not going, is he? Yeah, I don't think so. So kind of an interesting choice there, but uh, nonetheless, there will be at least at the bare minimum, radio coverage of their trips there so and i'm sure probably sports nightly they'll send out recaps you know seamus mcknight uh the sports information director for the basketball team he'll write up little recaps and put stats in there so um you'll get a sense of what the team did and how they played uh even if you aren't able to watch it live yeah i'll be more interested robin 
I mean, I would imagine they're going to experiment with tons of different starting yes, lineups. That is the whole goal. Of this like, thing. they're not going to have, like, this is our starting five they, all four games. They will have a different starting five for all four games. I guarantee it. And they're going to have guys play different positions. So, um, you know, they're going to have Cam Mack play point guard. Then they might try him out of some two guard. Gervais Green playing some point. Uh, you know, Shamil Stevenson is going to play forward or small forward or even center. They're going to do all sorts of different things just to see how guys look together. I mean, because that's the one thing about this roster. I mean, they've never been on the court together at the same time. So you have no idea how they're going to play off one another, uh, what lineups work the best, and you know who kind of feeds off the other player. And that is where the real value, as far as the on-the-court stuff, comes from actually playing live competition in these games. And one other side note to this, uh, the sit-out transfers, guys like Delano Banson, uh, Derek Walker, and then uh, Shamil Stevenson, uh, who is at bare minimum going to, or unless he gets his waiver, he's going to sit out until December. All those guys are going to be eligible to play in these games, which is interesting because in 2015, Anton Gill, uh, when he transferred from Louisville to Nebraska, wasn't able to play in those Spain games. And part of that, I think, had to do with him coming off the injury, but also, uh, I mean, they, they didn't even, he got to go on the trip, but he did, had no chance of even playing. So all those guys, even though they're going to be sitting out this next season, uh, to some extent, uh, are going to be able to play in those games. So they'll be able to contribute as well. Well, I'll be looking forward to that. And, and you'll get a little bit of preview access around the program in July, I yeah, would hope. The, the official practices, they get 10 practices leading at, in Lincoln leading up to those games. And uh, I think they start the... The start of the second five-week session, so July 10th or 11th or something like that, and uh, they're going to do some sort of uh, formal, uh, you know, pre-trip press conference, and I think we'll be able to go over there, check out some workouts, and actually get to see this team together for the first time. And um, in that July session, the only player that won't be here is going to be uh, Yvonne Wadrogo, who's going to still be in France playing with the French U18 national team at the FIBA European Championships in Greece. So he won't not only be in Lincoln for those 10 practices, he also will miss the Italy trip. So unfortunate, but you know he's still getting a pretty cool experience playing at the international level. Well, when we come back, guys, uh, I've got a chance to talk to a few different people we were on the road for the Rivals Convention. Caught up with our old friend Tom Deanhart, uh, formerly of the Big Ten Network and Sporting News and Rivals National, now is exclusively with Golden Black, the Rivals.com produce site. We talked about a number of things, and we'll also hear later in the show from Chad Simmons, the Georgia recruiting expert for Rivals.com. Nebraska signed more players from Georgia than any other state last year other than Nebraska. They're still recruiting Georgia very hard this year as well. But we'll talk to Tom Deanhart here next. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show.